Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was another busy weekend in Birdland for the New York Yankees as the Bronx Bombers were able to take two out of three from their division rival. Between Aaron Judge getting hot at the plate to the Yankees dealing with some more COVID and injury issues. We have a lot to discuss. Stay tuned. We're going to talk all about it on this brand new episode of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, which begins right now. You are listening to the Pinstripe Talk podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, powered to you by Delahanty Media. I'm your host, Nick Delahanty. Another successful weekend for the Yankees. They win another series, taking two of three from the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, we're going to talk about it. We thought that it would have been a sweep the way that game three started. Nonetheless, Yankees cannot finish the sweep. They leave Baltimore taking two of three. Record now at 21-17. and 17. We're going to break it all down for you. we got a lot to talk about. Not only do we have to talk about the games, but... We do have some injury updates for you. Aaron Hicks, Rudnego Dor, even Glaber Torres with the COVID issues. The Yankees also are still dealing with COVID throughout the organization. Another coach tested positive. That marks nine individuals that have tested positive this week. Not a good sign for the Yankees. However, they've still been able to play baseball and they've been doing a solid job at that. So we're going to talk about all of this plus the absolute dominance of Aaron Judge this past weekend. Judge seems to be really locked in at the plate. We're going to talk about his great weekend in Baltimore. It seems like the Yankees have a few guys that like hitting in Baltimore between Judge, Gleyber Torres, and, you know, I'm even going to throw him in there, Tyler Dean Wade. 
Now, before we get into all of this, make sure you find us on any podcasting platform of your choice, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Our show is there available for you. If you're into social media, find us on Twitter at PinstripeTalkND is the show's account. At Nick Delahanty is my personal account. You could also find us on Facebook by looking up Pinstripe Talk Podcast. We're also on Instagram by looking up Delahanty Media. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the Pinstripe Talk Podcast is a partner and a show under the Delahanty Media brand. For all the latest news and updates on our brand, go to DelahantyMedia.com. Now, you guys know I have to do the advertisement plug. I got to pump the social media and, and how to find our show. If you're tuned in today, obviously, you found a way to listen to our show. and We couldn't be more happier to have you as part of our audience and taking some time out of your busy schedules to talk some Yankees baseball with us. But you also know that I can't stand the promotional plugs, and I just want to talk some Yankees baseball. So we're going to jump right into it, okay? Game one, Friday night. Yankees going to Camden Yards, looking to take game one and set the tone for another series. Yankees get off to a hot start right away. Take a one nothing lead on an Aaron Judge homer to left field. Was an absolute missile off the bat. That is definitely not the last time you're going to hear his name, especially with regards to the long ball on this show. So the Yankees are up one nothing with Corey Kluber on the mound. The Orioles answer right back. Hayes hits a home run of his own, nodding up the score at one. Fast forward a couple innings. Aaron Judge for the second time in the game. Homers, this time to right field, giving the Yankees a 2-1 lead. The fifth inning was very shaky for Kluber. The Orioles end up scoring three runs. A Severino double, Valleca single, Mancini double, gives them a 4-2 lead. Game gets closer to the end. We get to the top of the seventh. Yankees are in a little bit of a bind, down three runs. They decide, and Aaron Boone makes the call, to pinch hit Gio Urshela for Tyler Wade with two guys on. Now remember, Urshela's been dealing with the knee injury. You'll see it throughout the series that, you know, he's definitely not 100%. However, Urshela comes up, and Urshela does what Gio Urshela has been doing of late, and that is absolutely raking. Urshela hits a home run to center field, giving the Yankees a 5-4 lead, a lead that they would not relish, and that ended up being your ball game. Urshela extended his on-base streak to 23 games, even with the pinch hit, just the one at bat. Really bailed the Yankees out of this one. Yankees win a very close 5-4 game and are able to build some momentum in this series. Let's look at the pitching line. We talked about Corey Kluber a little bit. He picked up his third one of the year. He went six innings, allowed four runs, and you know what? The damage really came in that one-fifth inning, that lone inning for him. Other than that, he was relatively solid, only threw 85 pitches. At that point, I think Aaron Boone decided to go to the, the bullpen. They were already down. Instead of having Kluber have another inning that was kind of lopsided, go to what has been the strength of your team all year. And that's what it was in this game as well. Chad Green came in, pitched a scoreless inning. Wandy Peralta. He came in, pitched another scoreless inning. Jonathan Loisica, with Chapman being used too much, the Yankees decided, you know what, we're going to go to Loisica. He was dominant, only needed six pitches to close this one out. And another storyline, and again, we've been saying the starting pitching's been good. It's been better than it was at the beginning of the year. And the bullpen has been lights out. So 
This was a very similar trend from that. The bullpen was really good. From Green to Peralta to Loisica, they got the job done. And once the Yankees offense did enough to get them the lead, they weren't going to relish that lead. And if you're looking at the offensive side of things, the two guys that stand out, Aaron Judge, the two home runs, two runs scored, two RBIs, also had a walk. DJ LeMayhew also had two hits of his own. The Yankees only had seven hits in the ballgame. And although you want to point out Judge and LeMayhew, the big hit came off the bat of Urshela to give the Yankees the lead. So those were your three standouts on the offensive side. You know, they really didn't do much offensively other than the long ball, but it was plenty in this one. And we say it all the time. The Yankees hit home runs, they win games. And that was the case in this one. Let's go on to game two, where the Yankees sent Domingo Herman to the mound after they... I don't want to say they stole a game, but game one felt like they stole it. You know, Urshela comes up, a really big hit. The Yankees' offense didn't do much. They did just enough to get the win. And as a fan, I'm sitting there before game two saying, you know what, I want this team to get off to a hot start and kind of step on their throats and realize that, you know, you're the better team than the Orioles, a much better ball club up and down from 1 to 26 on the roster. Go out and prove it. And that's what they did early in game one. Yankees score right away on a pass ball by Cisco. LeMahieu was the guy who scored. Gary Sanchez added a RBI single, giving the Yankees a 3-0 lead early. Top of the second, Aaron Judge, told you not to forget his name, hit another homer. This one to left center field, scoring another two runs. Yankees go up 5-0. Then, top of the sixth, Gardner scores on a balk, which I laughed about. I'm sorry I had to. And then Luke Voigt at an RBI single to score two. The Orioles would score two runs, one in the sixth, one in the ninth, but it wasn't enough. Yankees go on to win this one, eight to two. And that's what I was looking for from this offense. Come out right away, give the Orioles a headache, make it hard, step on their throats, and secure a game early on. And when it was 5 nothing, I felt so confident in the Yankees' chances when they scored the other three runs in the sixth. I knew the game was all but in the bag. Just waiting to hear New York, New York. Yankees gave Jorge Lopez some fits. He needed 71 pitches to get through two innings. Yes, 71 pitches. So Hyde and the Orioles were, were forced to use their bullpen for a good portion of the game. They actually had to rely on them for seven innings. Seven innings. That's pretty incredible. Meanwhile, on the other side of things, Domingo Herman looks sharp once again. Six innings, one earned run, four hits, struck out six, only walked two, only threw 80 pitches. But at that point, Yankees had a secure lead. And what does Aaron Boone do? Go to his guys in the pen to get them work. From Licky, scoreless inning, to Justin Wilson, scoreless inning, to Luis Sessa, who did allow a run that wasn't earned. But nonetheless, that is your ball game. So the pitching was really good. The Yankees did enough right away early on, took advantage of some missed opportunities from the Orioles, and got to where they needed to be. Now, before I look at Aaron Judge's 2-for-4 with the home run and two runs scored and two RBIs and a walk, I got to give Tyler Wade some props. Had a three-hit game, his second career three-hit game. If you can imagine, his other three-hit game Came against the Orioles as well. So I guess Tyler Wade likes to hit against the Orioles. Kind of like Glaber and Judge do. 
You know, so credit to him. The guy, you know, takes a lot of heat, especially from me, about, you know, him hitting. But if the guy hits, he's got speed. He can do the little things on the bases. He's a guy that could really help this team moving forward. So, you know, you just hope that we can continue to put the ball in play and hope that good things happen. We mentioned earlier the Gary Sanchez RBI single. He had the two RBIs. You got two hits from Urshela, two hits from Voight, his first two hits of the year, two RBIs as well. And then Aaron Judge, his two for four day. He continues to rake, especially in this last kind of five to six game stretch. It's a good sign for the New York Yankees. So they go on to win this one 8-2. to two. You secure the series victory. And you look ahead to game three where you hope to get a sweep. Some other notes before we go to there. I mentioned Jorge Lopez's 71 pitches. That is the most by any pitcher in the first two innings of a game since Ivan Nova needed 77 against the White Sox in 2018. That's pretty incredible if you ask me. That's, that's just nuts. And with his home run in Game 2, Aaron Judge passed Brett Gardner as the franchise's active home run leader with 130. I'm sure that uh, Brett Gardner's coming for him. But nonetheless, Gardner had a single in this one. That moved him into sole possession of 25th on the franchise's hit list, passing Greg Nettles, who had 1,396 hits. So Gardner's at 1,397 after Game 2. And I know I'm going to talk about this in just a couple of moments, but coming into the series, the Yankees only had nine runs scored in the first inning throughout all their games. In this game alone, they scored three runs. And in Game 3, you're going to see that they weren't done with the first inning scoring. So good thing to see the Yankees getting off to early starts, and hopefully this is a trend that continues down the road. Now, prior to Game 3, the Yankees did make some roster moves. They placed Aaron Hicks on the 10-day injured list with a left wrist sprain, they're calling it. There is reports that he did tear, that he caught the sheath that protects the wrist ligaments. Apparently, it holds it all together. I am not a doctor, so I'm giving you what I've heard. And they put him on the 10-day injury list. Remember, Mark Teixeira had the injury way back in the day. They say it could take anywhere from a couple of days to an extended period of time. It really depends on the subject, I believe. So, tough break for the Yankees, but they call up Ryan Lamar, a 32-year-old former second-round pick in the 2010 draft by the Reds. He's a guy that the Yankees like for his versatility in the field. They see him as a guy who can platoon with Brett Gardner in center field, a right-handed hitter, a lefty thrower, but can play left and right, so the Yankees can mix and match a little bit. Through his career, he's been in the big leagues for five years, only has 246 plate appearances, four home runs, 21 RBIs, a career 236 batting average. So yeah, the 32-year-old really doesn't hit, but at this point, he was the Yankees' best option. When asked about Estevan Florio, who was just called up to AAA, Aaron Boone said he has to be there at least 72 hours, and really wasn't the Yankees' top choice here. They don't want to rush him for now. They want him to get those AAA at-bats, get acclimated to that before making the jump. Remember, we all want to see Florio. We all think he's going to be great. There's a lot of upside. He's shown a lot of promise. He's off to a really good start in the minors. 
but you don't want to stunt his development by bringing him up and having him struggle. Let him get the at-bats, let him get the experience, and if the time comes where the Yankees need him and there's a necessity, he'll be in the mix. But for now, Lamar will get the job done. You'll see him play a little bit in center with Gardner, and he'll probably give guys like Judge and Frazier a couple of days off. But you just hope that the Hicks injury is not an extended thing and that he's able to come back quick. The early reports say no. He took batting practice before the game on Saturday. It didn't go as planned, so the Yankees decided, you know what, it's time to put him on the injured list, let him rest, and give us another fresh body, especially given that they are a little bit weak right now. So the Yankees go into game three, looking for the sweep, and right away, the bats came out really roaring. Remember, the Yankees had a distinct advantage going in this one. Number one, their starting pitching's been good. So they have guys in their bullpen that were fresh and ready to go. You didn't see a roll this Chapman. You had him that was fresh. You had a bunch of guys that didn't need to pitch throughout the series or had to pitch in limited roles throughout. Whereas the Orioles only got two innings from their starter the day before and really had to tax the bullpen. They didn't announce their starter until the morning of the game on Sunday. So the Yankees didn't know who they were facing. And it ended up being a bullpen game, and we're going to get into that in a moment. But the Yankees come out roaring in the first inning. Urshela grounds into a double play, which scored a run, giving the Yankees a 1-0 lead. Then the Bronx Bombers began to flex. Gary Sanchez, homers to left field, 435 feet. It was a moonshot. Scoring Aaron Judge, giving the Yankees a 3-0 lead. And then the next batter, downtown goes Frazier. Is Frazier figuring it out at the plate? I sure hope so. At a time where the Yankees could really use Frazier's bat to get going, he hits a homer, extending the Yankees' lead to 4-0. Now, I have to be completely honest with you. After the Yankees scored four runs in the first, knowing the Orioles' bullpen situation, my cocky self was sitting there saying, oh, this game is over. Luckily, I didn't play Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, because that wasn't the case. Jordan Montgomery takes the mound. He did not have it. Only lasted three innings, allowed five runs, threw 76 pitches, just was not Jordan Montgomery that we've seen recently. He's been good. This wasn't his day. Orioles scored two in the first. Then the Yankees extend their lead to 5-2 with, yet again, another homer from Aaron Judge. Then the third inning is when all the damage started. Orioles score a run on a sack fly. Add another run on a double. Add another run on a single. That ties up the game. The Orioles take the lead in the fourth on a Mancini double, and then later on, a Michael Franco homer scoring two, and a Ryan Mountcastle single scoring another two runs. That made it 10-5. The Yankees tried to rally. LeMayhew singled the center in the ninth, scoring Frazier, but that's as close as the Yankees would get. 10-6 is your final. That's your ball game. Yankees at least secure the series victory, but it's a very disappointing way to end the series because the start of the game had such promise. We mentioned Montgomery early. He really didn't have it. He ended up not factoring in on the decision in this one. Michael King got the loss. He allowed one run, and then you brought in Letke for another solid inning, and Peralta and Sessa both 
let up a couple of runs apiece, and that's how the Orioles mounted together their 10 runs. Adam Plutko was the opener for the Orioles. He did not have it, similar to Montgomery. After the first inning, the Orioles go to Zimmerman, who pitched five and two-thirds, really did a nice job of slowing down the Yankees' offense, only allowed one run, and then a combination of Scott, Fry, and Valdez closed the door for the Orioles. The Yankees, three for nine with runners in scoring position. They got a good portion of their runs off the long ball. You had three of them. Offensively, Voigt had another two hits. Judge had another two hits. Frazier had two hits and two runs scored. And then the rest of the team had just four hits combined. So the, you see the Yankees kind of trend here, right? They, they get the bulk of their production from two to three guys, and then the rest of the team struggles. And it doesn't matter who that is that given day. It, it just seems like it switches every other day. But promising sign. Gary Sanchez trying to regain his starting job. You know, this guy, he's been hitting the ball hard. He's working to try to get that, that job back. It's good to see. Frazier trying to figure it out offensively. Read an article the other day saying that he dropped his hands from where they were. Maybe that helps him get back on track. You know, the Yankees really need him now, especially with Hicks out. You're going to see a lot of Frazier, a lot of Gardner. They need that. They desperately need that. Lamar in... This game was 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Really didn't do much. I don't know about you guys, but Miguel Andujar in left field really scares me. We saw him out there for two games because of necessity. Aaron Judge ended up being the DH because Giancarlo Stanton's out. We're going to get to that in a minute. Luke Voigt is back, and I love every single minute of it. And although he only had one hit in this one, LeMahieu also walked twice at the top of the order. His average is nowhere near where we expect it to be. Only hitting 272 on the year. I'm sure there's plenty of guys throughout the league that would say, oh man, I wish I was hitting 272. But nonetheless, it's not DJ LeMayhew. I'm sure that he's looking to get that average up, but he's working good at bats. He's really working the count. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see DJ LeMayhew really take off. So 10-6 is your final in game three. Yankees take two of three. And let's look at some of the notable things in this series. How can we not start off with Aaron Judge? All rise for the Judge. Three games this series, four home runs. The guy's been an absolute monster. One of the major reasons is the strikeouts are down. Only one strikeout over the last seven days. He's putting the ball in play. He's making things happen. And when the guy hits the ball, you know that opposing teams know that it came off of his bat. The guy's been incredible. Hopefully he could keep this up. Now is tied for the major league lead with 12 homers. If this guy could just stay healthy and productive the way that he's been, the Yankees are in really, really good shape. If you notice, Giancarlo Stanton has not been in the lineup. He was scratched during the series with a left quad tightness. Not a good sign for the Yankees. I don't know what to expect with Stanton. They're playing it day to day. If he's not available for the next couple of days, put him on the injured list, I think, personally. Let him heal. Bring somebody up. They need the fresh bodies. Hopefully, we get some good news out of Stanton over the next couple of days. And hopefully, they don't rush him back because, obviously, they're better with him in the lineup healthy. Runego Dor, close to returning. Seems like the Yankees could get him back at some point during the Texas series. Aaron Boone made a note that he's looking really good. He could be a nice piece to help mix and match, especially with this time where 
the Yankees have some COVID and injury issues to kind of deal with. So that might be a good sign for the Yankees. Another good sign, it appears that Zach Britton is ready for a rehab stint in the minor leagues. That will start this week. Could the Yankees be getting back another stud reliever in the near future? I feel bad for other teams because the way these guys are throwing the ball, the Yankees have a lot of options to throw at people. It's pretty impressive. And again, the starting pitching's been really good as of late. Montgomery didn't have it, obviously, in Game 3, but Herman's been pitching well. Kluber's been solid. Tyone's been struggling a little bit, but you got to be impressed and really look at the strikeout numbers. They're up. It's only a matter of time before it clicks. And let's not forget Garrett Cole, who will take the ball in Game 1 of the Yankees' next series against the Texas Rangers. Now the Bronx Bombers are heading to Texas's new stadium for the first time ever. Game one on Monday night will be at 8.05 start. Garrett Cole is scheduled to take on Jordan Lyles. Then in game two, 8 o'clock start, Jamison Tyone takes the ball against Mike Fultonevich. In game three, that'll be an 8.05 start. Corey Kluber slated to take the mound, and the Texas starter is undecided. And then Thursday, the afternoon game before the Yankees hit the road, Domingo Herman against Dane Dunning. That'll be a 205 first pitch, like I mentioned. After that, the Yankees will return home to host the Chicago White Sox in what I think is a very big series because the White Sox are a very good club, and it's a very good time for the Yankees to make the case that they're the best team in the American League and prove it to everybody at this point. So you have to be encouraged. The Yankees win another series. I think it's eight in a row that they've either won or tied. Very positive. You'll take it. The negative of it. Montgomery struggled. That's a, a red flag. Yes, it's one start, but still, you don't want to see him struggle as bad as he did. And, of course, the Yankees can't stomp on people's throats. They're really bad in game threes of series. It's just how they've been all year. I don't know what it is, but they're just very bad in that situation. They're 3-10 and 10 in the final games of series. That's tied with the Tigers for the worst record in baseball. That's no bueno. Got to fix that up. Got to stomp on teams' throats. Win that final game before you hit the road. Or before teams leave your stadium. Whichever one of the two. And another weird stat is the Yankees are 0-10 when allowing at least five runs. They're the only team that hasn't won a game when allowing five or more runs this season. You would think the Bronx Bombers are built to win blowout games or games where, you know, Teams score a lot of runs, but this hasn't been the case this year. And before the Urshela homer, the pinch hit homer, the Yankees did not have a pinch hit all year. So thanks to Gio for making the Yankees the last team to have a pinch hit this year and, and getting them off the, uh, the grid there. I definitely appreciate it. So again, Yankees head to Texas to end their road trip. It's another big series for them. Hopefully they take three or four before coming home the big White Sox series looming in the Bronx this weekend. And, of course, we're going to have it all covered for you and more on our latest episodes of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, which will come to you when any news, updates, special reports, you name it, come about with regards to the New York Yankees. If you took some time to listen to our show today, we thank you for tuning in. We not only love talking Yankees baseball, but we love interacting with all of you. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, rate, and review on any podcasting platform of your choice. We leave it up to you. We're just happy you're listening in. We appreciate all the support. And for all things Pinstripe Talk, 
go to DelahantyMedia.com. Once again, my name is Nick Delahanty, and I am the host of the Pinstripe Talk podcast. We'll be back Thursday night with another brand new episode to recap the Texas series and look ahead to the looming Chicago White Sox series in the Bronx. Until next time, as always, let's go Yankees, and let's go win another series. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you very soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.